So let's get started. One, why do things matter to us? So why do things matter to us? Um, now things will matter to you that don't matter to me, right? Things will matter to me that don't matter to you, right? Like, but there are things in our life that ultimately matter to us. And we have to ask the question, why, why do things matter to us? Right. And, and, and basically matter just means that they're of most importance, right? They're of utmost importance to us, right? So the things that matter to us in our life are of utmost importance. And there might be some things in your life that are matter to you that are completely ridiculous, right? And should have no bearing on your life whatsoever. But for some reason, you find yourself worrying about the thing that should have no bearing, right? And if you're married, you probably have looked at your spouse at some time and been like, why does that bother you? I don't understand, right? Every man has said that to their wife. Every wife has said that to their husband, right? Like, why? I don't get it. And probably a lot of arguments have happened because of that in your home. But but um, one of the reasons why things matter to us, right, is because it affects us personally, right? So because it affects me personally, right? If I get sick, it affects me and I need to go get medicine, right? My job matters to me because if I don't go to my job, right, then I'm going to not have any money, which is not a good thing, right? I won't be able to do the things I need to do. It affects someone we love, right? So why are things matter to us? Because it affects someone we love. Every one of us in this room knows, most likely knows what it's like to have somebody, a loved one that has died of cancer or has died of something else. And all of a sudden, cancer matters a lot more to us than it did the day before, you know? So things matter to us because it affects someone we love. Listen, things that matter to my wife better matter to me, right? Things, <laughs> men, things that matter to your wife better matter to you. Wives, things that matter to your husband should matter to you, right? Because there's nothing worse than your spouse looking at you and going, I just don't care about that. And then you go on the couch and things happen. And it's, But anyways, or because we've decided it matters, right? Or because we decided it matters or because it matters to someone we care about, right? And, and then there's the things, like I said before, there's the things that matter to us. So the things that matter to us most often are relationally driven. I want to share a story with you guys. And the story is this. So Larry Launcher. Anybody ever heard this person before, Larry Launcher? So <laughs> this is Larry Launcher. Anybody seen this picture ever before in your life? Okay, so you know where we're going, brother. This is going to be a fun ride, for at least you and me. So, so <laughs> Larry Launcher wanted to be a pilot. It mattered to him more than anything else in his life. He wanted to be a pilot. The problem was, physically, he wasn't able to be one. So Larry Launcher decides, you know what? I have a lawn chair. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of weather balloons. I'm going to tie them to the lawn chair. And I'm just going to hover around my house for like about 40, 40 feet up in the air. I'm just going to have a great old time. I'll shoot myself down when I'm done. Do we see where this is going? So he ties himself off to his Jeep. He gets all these weather. He packs himself a sandwich, two cases of two six packs and an air pistol. This is not good. This is disaster waiting to happen. And so Larry Launcher pumps up all these weather balloons and 
when he thinks he's got enough, he cuts the string. But instead of going 40 feet, homeboy goes 16,000 feet in the air. Which I'm sure was a shock to him completely. (laughs) He gets seen by a pilot in the air. Now look, I don't know about you, but if I'm flying that day and I see a guy in a lawn chair, my first thought is not, this happens all the time. My first thought would be, there must be something wrong with me. That I'm seeing a man in a lawn chair. So he calls air traffic control and he says, uh, there's a man up here in a lawn chair and he's armed. So now Larry Lawn Chair lived pretty close to the, to the airport. So he goes by traffic control. I don't know what has to be going on in your mind to think this is a good idea. It had to be a man, though. It had to be a man, right? Because women, come on. None of y'all would be like, none of you would be thinking to yourselves, I got like all these weather balloons. Why don't I just tie them to my lawn chair and blow up a couple? Like, I mean, like no, one, no one in their right mind, because you're logical thinkers. Men are like, you know what? I think I can do this, you know? And you know, because you, if you're married in here, you know what I'm talking about. Because your husband has had those moments where he's like, I'm telling you right now, I can make this happen. Right? And you're like, there is no way that's going down. Right? So, Larry Launcher eventually starts going, I got to come down. Because it ain't happening. So he starts shooting these weather balloons. And he comes down, but he gets caught up in a, uh, what, a, the electric wire. And puts the lights out for 20 minutes until they're able to get him down. But let's face it. This man was, this man was committed. Maybe in more ways than one, but he was committed. Right? And he took, man, it mattered so much to him. It was so much importance to him that he becomes a pilot. He strapped himself to a lawn chair with a sandwich couple six-packs and a gun and said, I'm going up. (laughs) What's crazy is what's written, if you look it up online, Larry Launcher, it's written in there that he's a pilot. He was never a pilot! (laughs) But he piloted a lawn chair. Who can say that? Who can say that? Right? Things that matter to us are most often, most often relationally driven. So that should mean, so if we, if we are in a relationship with Jesus, the things that matter to him should ultimately matter to us. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is, do the things of God matter to you? Do they really matter to you? Because we, we, we can play a game, man. We can come into, do you know what I mean? Like, I can deceive you, but I can't deceive God. 
You know what I mean? We can deceive one another. We can, it's easy to act holy for 30 minutes to an hour. It's a lot harder to act holy when we're in front of people that know us well, when we're at home and everything's going crazy. But do the things of God matter to you really, really matter to you? Do they really matter to me? Do we even know what matters to God? Do we even know what matters to God? Because if, if the things that matter to us are, often, are most often driven by relationship, then what matters to God should ultimately matter to me. But what if I don't know what matters to him? And look, we could throw out things. We'd be like, well, the gospel. We got to get the gospel to everybody. It's like, amen, right? We have to get the gospel to everyone. But, but there's just a few things I wrote down here. Mark 12, 30 through 31, love God, love people, right? The two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? So love God and love people. John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing, right? First John 3, 16 through 17 says, love your brothers and sisters in deed and truth, right? Not just, and it says, if you have material possession, and you see your brother in need, but do nothing to help him. How can the love of God be in you? Right? So then the question becomes for us, man, is that me? Right? Do I have, do I, do I own a lot of things, but I have a hard time letting go of them for the sake of others? Because how can the love of God abide in me if I can't even do that? First John 2, 15 through 17, Jesus says, or John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For such as is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful of pride of life, are not from the Father, but are from the world. And the world is passing away, and it's lust. But the man or woman of God, or the man or woman who does the will of God abides forever. Mark 8, 34 through 38 says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him. Are we doing that? Right? Are we daily going? I'm dying to me. I'm denying myself, Lord. I want to do this, but I'm going to do this instead because you matter ultimately to me. You are the single most important person in my life. And I want to please you with everything I am. Right? I want to do everything I can to please you. And so I'm going to deny myself. This is what I want to do, but I'm going to do this instead. Is that our heart? Or is our heart to go, you know what, Lord? I, I love you, but... Romans 12, 1 and 2, therefore, in view of God's mercy, so in view of what God has already done for you, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's conform mean there? It means to, you ever play with Play-Doh? Remember Play-Doh? And you remember the little Play-Doh things you had that like they would spit out stuff? Yeah, it, that's conforming. The, the Play-Doh's being conformed to the image that's there. And Paul is saying, you're, you're either conforming to the image that the world has for you, or you're being transformed by the Holy Spirit in your life. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 5.22-23 is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Do we have those things? Because those things ultimately matter to God. Listen, Jesus didn't go to the cross for us to come in here on Sunday morning, sit down and listen to somebody talk to, us, talk to us for a half hour or sing a whole bunch of good songs, right? No, he died for us so that we'd be on mission for him. He died for us so he could fill us with his spirit and we could be made new. 
and be set free. But we've made Christianity about everything else but that. 2 Corinthians 5.16 says that he died, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for, he, but for he who died for them. That ultimately matters to God. The list could go on and on, right? So, but Micah, Micah 6.8 puts it very simply. So thankfully the God gave us his word. He says, here, I'm just going to give it to you, right? And Micah 5 or Micah 6.8 gives it to us. And here it is. He has told you, oh man, what is good. All right, that's good for us, right? So we're about to know, okay, this is what's good for us, right? And what does the Lord require of you? Okay, so two things there. What is good and what is required, right? So this is what's good and this is what's required. But to do justice, so to to do what is right, right? To love kindness or mercy, depending on translation, and to walk humbly with your God. You and I are so much about us. You know what I mean? We're so much about ourselves. Like we are the selfie generation. Do you know what I mean? Listen. Who in here loves to take pictures? God bless you. For real. I'm being honest right now. Okay. My wife is a picture taker, right? Like I'll be like looking at something beautiful. I'm just like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And she's like, turn around and take a picture. I'm like, oh, I, I don't need the picture because I got it right here in front of me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm taking a snapshot right now in my mind. I'm going to remember this moment. But my wife's like, I want it. I want it. <laughs> I want. Some of y'all can relate. Anyways. But like, have you ever been somewhere and there's stuff going on and everyone's doing this thing right here. Everyone's like. You know what I mean? And they got like, oh. and they got, listen, uh, this is like my fourth phone. <laughs> so like, and they're doing the whole thing and they're looking at everybody in the crowd. They're like, everyone smile, everyone smile, you know? And like, there's tons of stuff going on or, or it's, it gets worse than that. There are like YouTube videos out there of people doing horrible things and no one's stopping them. They're all just like, can you believe this is happening right now? Can you believe, uh, no one's calling 911. No, I mean, we, we are a self-driven culture. So much to the point that the idea of humbling ourselves kind of just sounds maybe even foreign. I mean, some of us maybe don't even know what it really would look like for us to be humble. Really, truly be humbled by the Lord and humble in his sight. Because the Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. But man, we're so much about us that we just go, you know what, God, I got this. In fact, there are th- do you want to know why we freak out? You want to know why? It's real simple. Because we're prideful. It's because you and I actually think we can handle everything that comes into our life. And when we can't, we go, I don't get it. I, I, I should be able to handle this. And God's going, no, this came into your life to make you realize you can't handle it. So you look to me. But that's why we worry. That's why we get crazy. That's why we freak out. Because we go, surely I should be able to handle everything. (sighs) Amen. (laughs) Number one, we do what is right. We do what is right. That sounds really simple. 
But if, if Christ has made you righteous, the natural response is to do what is right. Right? If you've been made right, you should live right. Now, do we fail? Absolutely. Do I fail? Yep, all the time. Right? God's grace is over that. But that doesn't mean we don't strive for perfection. We strive for holiness. We strive for what is right. And I think we do need to stop at... T- Remember the WWJD bracelets? Those were amazing. We don't even have... Like, they're there, but no one wears them anymore. Anyway, but like, you know, it was a good reminder, though. You were like, oh, Jesus wouldn't have done that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there you go, brother. Thank you, Jared. Yeah. But <laughs> Jesus wouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? Like... That's more like, what would Jared do? No, I'm joking, joking, Jared. I'm just joking. Uh, Anyways, but like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You remember those? And they were a good reminder to us about doing what was right. Amen? We love mercy or slash kindness. Right? So we we do what's right. This is what he says. He says, this is what's good. This is what the Lord requires of you. To do what is right. To love mercy and kindness. And mercy and kindness are one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, one of the fruit of the Spirit. So these things should be abundant in you. And they should be what matters to you because they matter to God. Listen, your holiness matters to God. Your righteousness matters. How we treat one another matters to God. How you love your wife matters to God. How you love your husband matters to God. How you work at your work job matters to God. How you spend your time matters to God. What you do when you go to the grocery store matters to God because you're his kid. Have you ever kid do really... Okay, I'm going to tell myself for a second. I'm eating lunch today. And I'm there with our new Smyrna pastor, Chad. And we're sitting at a booth. And I decide to throw my napkin at him. Just for fun. Problem is, I miss Chad... And got the people behind Chad. <laughs> so I was in that moment of, ah! you know what I mean? Like, ladies eyeballing me at the other booth. And I had nothing for her. I was just like, all I did was I looked at her, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so. And she was like, okay. And I was just, and I started laughing. I'm, I am laughing so hard. Because if my wife had been there, she would have beat me. But, anyways, but like, <laughs> do what is right. And we all know when we, our children, when they do something that's really stupid, right? It matters to us. I don't think God cared that I threw that napkin at that lady, but maybe he does. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, she did. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> she's going to show up here one Sunday and she'll be like, she'll be like, that's the guy that threw napkin at me. I'm like, Jesus loves you. Um, yeah. And so do I. That's why I threw the net. Anyway, um, we love mercy and kindness. Man, we could do more in this world with some mercy and some kindness. Right? Like there are people in your life that need mercy and need kindness. And look, sometimes they're the ones that you look at, they're like, Lord, do I have to love that one? You know what I'm saying? Like there are some people, listen, it's true for all of us. You might be one of the ones that people are looking at going, do I have to love that one? You might be one of those people, right? We probably all are in this room. I'm sure there are people who look at me and go, Lord, do I have to love him? Because I'm a lot. <laughs> like, I'm a, uh, ask Shelby. She has to deal with me every morning. but <laughs> And I come in singing her name and she's just like, why do you do that? Anyway, but 
So some of us are a lot to deal with. But man, you are a lot to deal with, and God showed you his mercy and his kindness. And he's just asking you to extend that towards others. Listen, there's going to be times when your spouse or a friend or a child does something to you that in the moment you're going to have to give them some mercy and kindness. We tend to think the worst of each other instead of thinking the best. You know what I mean? I've had people say things about me or say things to me that I'm like, I've had, I've had my own family members say things to me that I'm like, I can't believe you just said that, right? But there are other things going on in their life that I don't know about. And was that more about what else was going on and less about me? Probably was, right? And then we walk humbly with God. We walk humbly with our God. Humble yourself, right? You're not that great. Just own it. Own it. The Bible says to consider other people greater than yourself. Right? Jesus, when he came down, it says that even though he was in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God as something to hold on to. But he let go of it. Right? And he was obedient to death, even death on a cross. Right? You are to empty yourself of your humanness and to look at other people as more human than you are. And they'll go, oh, how can I lift them up above myself? We don't do that, though. We walk into rooms, we're like, guess who just showed up? Me. Everyone should be applauding right now. You know, that's how we come into places. We, <laughs> we're like, I showed up. The party can begin. You know? We tend to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Humble yourself. Consider others greater than yourself. Let's jump back to Larry Lawn Chair for a second. Homeboy tied himself to a chair. Listen, in the great scheme of everything in the world, this means nothing. But it was ultimately important to this man, and he was willing to do something drastic to make it happen. How much more so should we be willing to do what might seem crazy to everyone else in the world? Are you ready to be a living sacrifice for Jesus? Because that's what matters to him. Are you ready to lay it all down? Are you ready to be looked at as a crazy human being? Listen, you're weird anyway. Right? As Christians, we're weird anyway. We're strange people, man. <laughs> I know because I'm around a lot of you some. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I am one. Are we willing Man, Larry Launchair, dude, just to be able to go up in the sky for a little bit and say he did it. Tied himself to a lawn chair with a whole bunch of weather balloons and shot up 16,000 feet. Imagine what God can do with you if you just go, God, I'm, I will do anything. Even if it's going up in a lawn chair. No, I'm joking. God would not ask that of you, I don't think. <laughs> Someone's like, actually, I totally think the Lord's asking me to go up in a lawn chair. Um, I want to close with this. You can throw that up there. Are you willing to do what might seem crazy to everyone in the world? And are you ready to be a living sacrifice for Jesus? So the fellowship of the unashamed. So the story goes with this, that it was a young African man who came to Christ. His village didn't like it very much. And so they were going to persecute him and told him to recant, take back the fact that he had become a Christian. And this was his response. I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. 
I have Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a disciple of his. And I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. My finish, I'm finished with low living, sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, Cuddleless dreams, tame visions, worldly talk, cheap giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, applause, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by faith, lean on his presence, walk by patience, am uplifted by prayer, and labor by power. My my pace is set, my gate is fast, my goal is heaven, my road is narrow, my way is rough, my companions are few, my guide is reliable, and my mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, pander at the pool of popularity, or meander in the maze of many. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I've stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go till he comes, give till I drop, preach till all know, and work till he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he'll have no problem recognizing me. My banner will be clear. We have a young man. In Syria. His name is Jacob. One of our pastors, missionary pastors, contacted us to let us know that Jacob, because he was preaching the gospel in Syria, got kidnapped by a group that actually usually isn't very aggressive. But they're desperate. They kidnapped Jacob and have beating him and have beat him severely. And have threatened to hang him. This young man's life lies in the balance. Because he's a disciple of Jesus. Listen, you and I. We get really comfortable. In our Christianity. When our brothers and sisters around the world. Are going to the point of death. And go, Lord, even in this, I'll lay it down. What's most important to you? What matters to you? Because ultimately what matters to you should be what matters to God. What matters to God should matter to you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, we lift up Jacob to you right now, Lord God. All of us in this room, as his brothers and sisters in Christ, we lift him up to you, Lord God. And we pray, Lord Jesus, will you free that young man, Lord God? We know that he's free in you. But will you free him from his his enemies? Free him from the ones that are coming after him, Lord God. They're not really his enemies, Lord. Our enemies are not flesh and blood. But Lord, we pray that you would free him from them, Lord God. We pray that they would come to know you through Jacob. Lord, that as Jacob is with them, that I, I know he's preaching the gospel to them, Lord. 
And I pray that they would hear it and repent and believe. And Lord God, I pray that they would find their hope in you. And God, I pray for us as your children, Lord Jesus, will you just help us to, will you help us to, to know that the things that matter to you should matter to us, Lord God. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for the times that we have made other things more important. And Lord, I pray for anyone that's here tonight who doesn't know who you are, Lord God, I pray that they would surrender their life to you, that they would come to you tonight. And if they have any questions, Lord God, uh, they can seek me out or someone else and, and talk to anyone in here, Lord God. But Lord, I pray that they would come to you. Lord, I thank you for this night. We lift up. We also lift up core to you and Carmen, Lord God. We pray that you would just um, heal them, Lord God. Uh, we thank you for next week when Cord's going to be here. And um, Lord, we just ask all these things to your glory, King Jesus. Amen.